Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. <sighs> Working at home is hard, huh? The hardest. Hopefully you guys don't hear um, my roommate giving his little work speech <laughs> in the background, <laughs> but that's this is a multifaceted studio, so <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but yeah. It is what He's it is. leaving, so <laughs> give it like a week and you won't hear him anymore. Hey guys, I'm Brian. I'm Shane. And you are listening to Fruit Snacks. We still need to find a roommate. Well, I need to find a roommate to help me pay for this fucking mortgage. You're rich. You can just pay for I am not rooms. rich. I probably could pay for both rooms, but I like the flexibility and freedom that that extra room gives me when someone lives in it. Mm. I would love to use it <laughs> as something else, I but I don't know. I just need to figure out a way to make money mm. <laughs> faster. I know. But I mean, I really wish Congress would just give us money again. <laughs> honestly, though. But even still, like, I wish they would help the people who are still working. But I guess this doesn't make really sense. Yeah. Like, I wish they, we got hazard pay if you were, like, still on the front line. They tried passing that again this week, and it didn't go through. It's not going to at this I point. I just don't understand, like, the idea that it's just going to end because it's not ending clearly. Literally. Like, unemployment's still going up. But here's the thing with that. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. And even people who are employed, like myself, we're not – I personally am not making clearly – or nearly as much right. as I used to when I was working when yeah, the pandemic wasn't going on. Available. So it's kind of annoying, but that's a reflection of leadership. So yeah. I don't understand why people still support a dumb fucking idiot when mm-hmm. he don't give a shit about anyone. I know. Literally. I just saw um, Amazon's hiring another 100,000 people right now. I hear it's awful to work with it for Amazon. Oh, yeah. I, it's not something like I would want to do, but this is their fourth hiring spree this year Damn. because that's how much their business has gone up. And now they're trying to prepare for Prime Day and the holidays. Which makes sense. Yeah. I wonder how Halloween's going to be. Russell and I were just talking about that because we passed a spirit store. And yeah, he's like, same. He's like, that sucks because spirit has all that inventory. They have to open the stores. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, people will buy decorations. Like, I've already bought a few things. But he's like, yeah, but not in the excess that we normally would for, like, Halloween parties and celebrations and costumes and and this and that. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because I don't even think, like, trick-or-treating would be a thing this year, right? I don't know how you would. I mean, I guess you could if you're passing out with, like, gloves. Gloves and, like, masks. spraying your candy before you eat it. I don't know. (laughs) I guess, yeah. This past weekend, I um, was in Palm Springs with the gym. Mm-hmm. we did like a we do a summer camp every year mm-hmm. and i don't know why we decided to do it this year again but it's been a fucking shit show <laughs> it was funny because like the entire staff was running around with their heads cut off like chickens with their heads cut off because like we've done this camp five six years now yeah at this same resort but with all the COVID restrictions and all that stuff, it's been like such a mess and mm. it really changes like the excitement and enthusiasm yeah. when you're like completely separate. Like mm-hmm. it's like no one can see each other. So it was a really rough weekend, but I'm so glad it's over. And I wonder if cheer is even going to be a thing this year because mm. I don't know what competition is going to look like. Cause everything yeah. that cheer is related to has to deal with like people coming together. Yeah. So Hmm. I'm kind of hoping that it cancels. I don't know. That disorganization sounds quite like this, this administration. So uh, who's the real one to blame? <laughs> literally. And the person in charge of that organization is a white male. Okay. <laughs> so no, just kidding. Just kidding. He's gay. So um, he's a minority. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Dr. Anthony Fauci did just claim that we're not going to see anything that would be considerable to like normalcy as what we experienced like pre-COVID until late 2021. Which, Which is I actually believe. like sooner than I thought it would be. That that in my head was the timeline, to be honest. Mm. I think expeditedly thinking it would have been like early 2021, like yeah. March, because that would have been a full year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I see things going back to the way they were later in the year for sure. Yeah, It's just so weird. Like, uh, And then even going back to normalcy... I don't know, like, how quickly that will even happen in terms of people's comfort. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know, like, if you bounce over to Orange County, like, it's normal already. (laughs) 
<laughs> which is funny because I just found out their gyms are open. And I was like, do I want to risk white supremacy for a gym workout? And I kind of do. I would absolutely think you would. <laughs> <laughs> you probably wouldn't be bothered when you go there, though. Because I know. Not that you're going to get bothered even if you aren't white. But yeah. It's definitely a different different demeanor when you're going to Orange County, which is so funny because it literally connects to Long Beach, which is completely, mm-hmm. I would say, the antithesis of Orange County because Long Beach is like yeah, super is. diverse uh, with ages, socio mm-hmm. socioeconomic levels, yeah. races, gender, sexualities. So it's funny how the disconnect happens mm-hmm. so, so close. <laughs> yeah. The closest we have to that in Long Beach is like Naples area. Yeah. Like walking through there, all the Trump flags and stuff just because people have so much money there. So I think by default, they're Republicans. But I think like the rest of Long Beach is, yeah, safe bet into the system of Orange County. That's my goal. Republican money. (laughs) My goal, (laughs) 2021 Republican money. For real. This week, we have about, what, six stories to go over? Mm. Uh, five. Well, it doesn't matter. We'll not put a number because maybe we won't even go through all of them. <laughs> do you want it to start us off or do you want me to start us off? Yeah, uh, I'll start one that's kind of quick just because it's like a pending development, if you will. There were two LA County deputies that were shot in their car. They were just sitting there um, in a parked car and somebody, they caught him on camera, but it's like so distorted. I don't know. How I don't know how like finding somebody like this works, but they've released the video in hopes that somebody will like recognize some semblance of this of this person. But they were shot. They're both alive, but fighting for their lives right now in like intensive care. Did they say why or anything like no, that? There's What's no it? like linkage to cause or reason. See, this is like where it gets tricky because I was listening on the View this morning and they were talking about how like now anytime there's dispute between. Uh, quote unquote, like civilian and police authority, it's BLM or Mm -hmm. some equality protester. And like these organizations that have protested against police brutality are not condoning this, this Mm -hmm. type of like response, but just by default, because it's this like headbutting kind of idea, they're just linking it to that right Mm -hmm. away. The way that we would link like anything white based to like a Trump supporter. Right. Um, Which is funny because Really, that should be linked to the NRA. I know, for real. Because <laughs> that person has a gun because uh-huh. the NRA said everyone should be allowed to have a gun. I so know. so that's uh, that's all that on that. Do you know where in LA this happened? I don't know specifically, no. Mm-hmm. Um, it just said LA County. But with that said, I just think it, it leaves for like really tricky space in debate. Because again, it's like these false accusations of like uh, assumingly tying police brutality and anything against police brutality right. together. right. And with these like causes that actually have ground to stand on, but the ground is crumbling when you start introducing arguments like this. It just, right. it, yeah, it doesn't help the case any. It's unfortunate, but yeah. this is the America we live in and no mm-hmm. one wants to do anything yet. Everyone wants to complain about it. I know. Well, and I don't think anybody with like a logical or reasonable mind is and not just the organizations but like you and i we're not condoning just going out and like shooting police Absolutely. officers for sitting in their car one of them i believe or was shooting pre- in general right <laughs> one of them was a pregnant woman uh, and not that that like makes it any worse than it would have been if it wasn't a pregnant woman but like for what yeah you know what i mean like i understand that there are points to be made but again when you look at the protest the ones that have gotten violent, at least, they're not. That violence or the the destruction typically isn't started by people who are truly fighting for the cause. Right. You know, like right. we saw so many videos of black people or people of color being like, please don't do this. Like, this right. is not what the cause stands for. Right. And it's all white people doing it. Right. Um, so we'll see, like, where this story develops, too. But I just and, thought it was worth bringing up. And it's just kind of ironic because, like, even if people who are enticing violence come from the BLM movement, it's annoying how those few people are now being the general tone of BLM, right? Mm. But then I guess the same argument can be when it comes to Blue Lives Matter, yeah. where those few cops now are what the police force looks mm-hmm. like, the ones that are like doing misconduct. So it's like both arguments are happening on both sides, yet no one's like it's just pointing fingers rather than being like, let's get down to business yeah. to defeat the Huns. The Huns, You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I will say Russell and I went to Nike at the Pike uh-huh. downtown. There was a 
male police officer of color. He sort of like parked on the street right next to where the line was and like slowly got out of his car and then like pulled up a, it wasn't a handkerchief, but it was one of those like neck snood style like uh-huh. face coverings and pulled it up and it was like a, a Blue Lives Matter symbol and it was like such a mind fuck because i was like wait i don't know how to process that yet just because it's like a person of color should obviously stand for like black lives right but also he's a police officer so i understand where he's like defending his his own identity right but in arguing against that there have been so many posts that are like you choose to be a police officer you don't choose to be a person of color and that's sort of the argument and the looks he got from all the people standing in line at nike were like what the fuck like because kind of like what we were talking about between Orange County and Long Beach, everybody was like, bitch, this is Long Beach. And not just Long Beach, but like downtown Long Beach, right. which is like still up and coming, right. but like still not. And so like just the demographic, I I just feel like that instantly like intensifies the situation now. Well, the same thing can be said if it was a Black Lives Matter face mask in a sea of Blue Lives Matter thinking people. You know what I mean? I think that's mm-hmm. the point of wearing it is to entice a reaction it's unfortunate that the reaction is from mm-hmm. a guy of color. But again, like you can't blame him for that because realistically both affect him on mm-hmm. a personal level. So like mm-hmm. he can choose where he wants to stand. Yeah. And well, he's standing in the wrong place. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, blue lives do matter in the sense that yeah. like we shouldn't be Their going lives. around killing cops, Yeah. but they also shouldn't be killing civilians mm-hmm. for the ones who they are. Well, I think that's sort of the fear, right? Like the law is on his side, no matter what. Right. And like he's uh, assumingly he's the armed one in the situation. Um, I say assumingly because anybody could technically be armed, but he's the one like legally doing it. Right. Sort of out loud the way that he is. Right. Um, so when he entices this reaction, it's different in that like if I was wearing a BLM shirt and he's wearing the Blue Lives Matter scarf as an armed cop, I feel more. He, I feel like he's more of a threat and that like he could escalate the situation much more than I could. Which is ironic because, like, that's the opposite of how cops should be is, like, when you see a cop, you should feel like you're at ease Mm because they should have the training and the wherewithal to de-escalate situations. But that is the whole point of why people want to reallocate the money Mm -hmm. (laughs) because clearly public fear should not be enticed when they see a cop. It should be the opposite. Yeah. Or, like, even – I haven't really heard this argument much, but even, like – in terms of reallocating funds for police officers, just reinvest it back into like their education and make their education longer, make it more like intensified in different like mental health issues. And you know what I mean? Like, well, not only that, but I also, I, I agree with that, but I also feel like you should have like a more extensive hiring process. Right. And in, in the sense of like making sure you're like getting the right people. But I also mm-hmm. feel like, you know, this is a very general statement, but I feel like a lot of the cops kind of come from the same mindset mm. <laughs> and you're hiring kind of the same yeah. tone of person. I don't know. Like, I feel like you would need more compassionate people as cops. But then again, I feel like because it's such a well, maybe they hire compassionate people, but because the job the job is so like you're always dealing with the same kind of mm-hmm. problems, you get numb to it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say along that lines, yes, the job itself, I think, sort of jades people. But stepping into any industry, I mean, I even think is like flight attendants, right? Like we would always make fun of the new people who were so eager to do like water service right. and like continuously like make sure everybody on the plane is taken care of. And older flight attendants are like, sit the fuck, like, just chill out for a second. They're okay. We're okay. Like, we don't have to be up, you know, up and at it every, like, 30 seconds. And that sort of already diminishes the excitement and the passion behind those new minds coming in. Um, And I think it could be very similar. Like, I remember my biological dad, when I was a kid, was telling me just about, like, being a police officer because he was. And, like, just to be in the force, you have to be tasered by, like, your fellow officers. And it sort of, I I do believe it was part of, like, the training. It wasn't, like, a hazing. But it sort of became this, like, hazing where it would be, like, let's see, like, their reaction. And it became more reactionary instead of, like, um, educational-based. And so I think that's all part of this bigger, like, what you were saying, mindset of the industry, if you will. um, And new people stepping into it where, like, they might be very compassionate. Right. Being tased and hazed through any sort of training, not just police officers, but anything, is going to jade that mindset. (sighs) What is this world? I know. Moving forward, our next news article is, I don't know if you guys watched it, but Cheer was a documentary on Netflix about- my friends at Navarro. 
the Navarro College cheerleaders. One of their main um, storylines, Jerry Harris, was one of the cheerleaders who kind of made Matt, got taken off Matt, which means you made the competitive team, got taken off the competitive team. And at the end of the story, he ended up being on the mat, competing, and then obviously winning a national title. And he kind of became like an underdog story for the whole docu-series as well as yeah. why people really fell in love with it. Yeah. He was like the spirit of the, of the storyline. Yes. Um, but this congeniality on drag race, <laughs> if you will, this information comes from USA today, but you can find it anywhere. But I guess there are allegations that he has an entanglement with, uh, <laughs> minors realistically. Yeah. This started with two twin boys who live in Texas. And at the time they were 13 years old and he was 19, and now they're 14 coming out, and he's now 21, saying that he um, was asking for, like, sexual pictures and to have sex with him and stuff like that. So I just wanted to bring it up to say, to ask what were your thoughts? Here's a thought, and it's probably going to be unpopular, but there's, like, more thought behind this. We've talked before on the podcast about how, like, gay people don't really start finding themselves or or uh, growing in maturity until they come out like that's sort of their starting mm-hmm. point i don't know his storyline in terms of like when he came out but i do know for a gay person 19 although above like a legal age is still very like young minded 13 like is exceedingly young there's a bigger discussion be- behind like the mental development of LGBTQ plus people, especially if not out. At I wouldn't any even point. put it in like a LGBTQ thing. I mean, that could come to play, but I only bring that up because I think boys who are 19 are just horny little boys. Like, I don't even think it's a gay thing. Like, even well, if this uh, was a straight thing, I could see a 19 year old boy flirting with like a 14 year old girl. I No, for sure. But the reason I bring up the gay thing in particular is I don't think... I think that there's this lack of identity of being that much older than, right? Like when I was 16, I was technically already hooking up with my first boyfriend who was six years older than me, mm-hmm. right? Like that is kind of technically this same scenario. Obviously, I was three years older, but he was obviously above a legal age and I was not. And never once in my head was I like, this is wrong in that sense. Um, looking back, I don't think that I could have been his age dating down the way that he did personally for me but like again at the time when i was dating up there was no weirdness yeah and it was almost like because i was gay it was okay by like my friends and family because i was safe and secure at least more than i ever had been in my identity Mm -hmm. so again i'm not justifying this age variance but I, i i just think that it brings up this bigger conversation of like there's something within the development of from my own personal experience gay people that is different from straight people Mm -hmm. in that like all of my classmates were able to date one another in Mm -hmm. high school and i didn't have that option because nobody was like out i wasn't even out in Mm -hmm. high school um i mean i did have a girlfriend but beside that point like in terms of dating in the way that i identify Mm -hmm. There's this like variance in that it's like I probably would have like dated down when I was in high school mm-hmm. under a legal age just because I, I didn't know where else to go, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, yeah. Well, just putting this in perspective, and again, I'm not I'm not condoning this activity, but I'm just saying these facts to show like, oh, I could see why this would be a storyline is having been uh, obviously in the cheer world. When you're competing on a senior level team in competitive cheerleading, those ages range from 12 to 19. That's anywhere between middle school to high school where you're Mm -hmm. on it. And I say 19 because if you're born before a certain year, you can still get a cutoff by 19. So with that said, these kids could have been on the same team, right? Mm -hmm. And I've experienced it as well, just coaching a a plethora of different teams um, currently and in the past. And just going through college too, like having graduated high school and in my first year being on a team, you're around a lot of different ages. And at a certain point, ages don't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, you use younger kids as flyers because obviously they're they're smaller, but it's not like the age plays a big role. I know that sounds so weird, but I mean, as far as like a competitive sense, not right, a sexual right, sense, right, just right. a competitive sense. And when you put this in perspective, 13 to 19 seems like a fairly big gap, but yeah. that's freshman to a senior if a freshman and a senior were to date it wouldn't it wouldn't be too crazy Mm -hmm. but because i feel like he's like a public figure Mm -hmm. this is like a this hollywood theme that's like let's bring someone down yeah yeah (laughs) but regardless 
if the kids feel uncomfortable, then clearly it's wrong mm-hmm. and he shouldn't have done it, right? Because there's like, I guess, um, screenshots of Snapchats that they've sent each other where the kids saved. There were there were two screenshots from what I understand. One was a Snapchat of Jerry's face. Saying, saying let's fuck or whatever. Do you fuck? Yeah. And then the other one was a kid a doing a message. scorpion. Oh, and I didn't see that one. he was like, "Oh, next time, do it, but send it to me naked." Oh, I see. Right, and so, right, and I'm just gonna point out here the the articles that I saw did say there was no claim of actual sexual encounters. Right. It was all just like virtual, right? In yeah, right. So with that said, I coach a senior team, and these kids get really inappropriate sometimes mm-hmm. because, like, obviously they're in high school. I was inappropriate in high school. High schoolers are inappropriate. You know, you're yeah. like kind of coming to adolescence. You're like, there's a lot of hormones. There's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying all this to justify what is happening. Because again, if these little boys are uncomfortable, then that's one thing. Yeah. But for this conversation to happen, it makes sense why this would happen. But I also feel like have that conversation. I don't know. Have that conversation with Jerry. Because I doubt that this conversation has ever happened. They just went straight to news because he's famous now. Oh, I see. Yep. But again, that's just my own speculation. They they could have very well have had this conversation and mm-hmm. he just bypassed it, whatever. I'm not trying to speak on Jerry's behalf, right? But I'm just saying like, it makes sense why this might be a storyline. And say they started talking, not in this case, but say someone who was 13 and 18 started talking, and all of a sudden he became 19. Mm-hmm. Now it's illegal because he's all of a sudden like more right. of an adult. But it was it would have been illegal. It would have been fine a couple months earlier. But I guess you could say that with a lot of laws, right? Like marijuana is now legal. So you can't go to jail for marijuana in most states. But I guess whoever writes the law makes makes the rules. But Mm -hmm. in this case, I feel like it makes sense why those conversations were happening. But again, I'm not saying that it was right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a couple other points that I'll make is uh, I think... Not to make this about race, but if you look at like race and socioeconomic and sort of this like celebrityism status, I think if we were talking about a couple like Liam Hemsworth and Miley Cyrus, who are only three years apart, but like if they were a bigger gap, like closer to five years, I don't think this would have been as much of an issue if she was like, if he was like that 18, 19 cusp and she was younger and they had like sort of been quote unquote Ah. dating on set versus Jerry and this guy who or this kid who are both men who are like one of them's an, a Netflix celebrity, if you will. I just think there's this difference, right? Like look at Erica Jane on the housewives. I don't think like, there is a difference though. In terms like, of what? I think if the scenario you brought up with Miley and Liam, like I think that still would have been a problem if Miley was uncomfortable. Like if Miley was like, Liam is an older gentleman who's like sending, asking me to solicit naked photos. I don't think that it would have been handled any differently. I think it would have been the same context. I don't think it has race or anything to do with See, it. I don't know that like an FBI investigation would have been open. I think so. If the parents I asked, I do. And like when you say Erica Jane and um, her husband, Tom Girardi. Tom Girardi, where there's like a huge gap, it makes sense as two consensual adults, but as a minor, you that's not okay. But that's why I would like went back to that argument of like, I believe 19 still is very like a minor mindset as much as totally. we think of it as this like legal adult status. Like what you were saying, like if this was a year and a half prior when he was technically only 17, he wouldn't have be he wouldn't be held to that like adult accountability. Right. And again, I'm not defending this like age baiting kind of like scenario. I'm just saying there are like, uh, there is like gray matter in the, the legality issues of like him being 19 versus like 17 and a half. I don't think there's any gray matter. Cause I think it's clear that they are minors and he's an adult leg- legally, but the gray matter comes into this, the idea of like, why this scenario got set up right so all of that makes sense but then i still feel like if the kids are feeling uncomfortable then this shouldn't happen because even if he was 17 and these kids were getting asked send me naked photos blah 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 blah, they still have the right to be like i don't want this attention Mm -hmm. stop whether he was an adult or not it doesn't make it any easier to process when now he's he's past that threshold of like you're an adult you need to Mm -hmm. stop especially now them being 14 and 21 because those two age you know denominations seem a little bit more extreme Mm -hmm. where it's not like oh he could have just been like an older high schooler it's like no you're like in the end years of your college career and they're just starting high school so that gap is a little bit different but again like yeah say they were 
18 and Jerry was now, what is that, 25, 26? Yeah, no one would bat an eye because yeah. they're legal adults according to the law, yeah. whether they're much more mature or not. But even if they were 18 and Jerry, 26, was asking for photos and they felt uncomfortable, yeah, they have every right to be like, I don't feel... Yeah. I don't want that attention, but because they're minors, that's what brings into this whole idea of like child pornography or whatever the mm-hmm. case is. Yeah. So I think it would have actually handled been handled the same had it been any race or sexual identity. Because I don't I think know. it would have mattered. I mean, from my understanding of previous cases that have happened like this, because I had a girl who in high school, she was dating a high school kid. He graduated. And the parents did not want them to date anymore because he was way older and kind of into like not so good things. Mm-hmm. And uh, the parents put in a legal thing for statutory rape because mm-hmm. they didn't want them to be together, even though the, the daughter wanted yeah. to be with him. But again, because she's a minor, those legalities, that, that's kind of what happens. Like mm-hmm. you can't do that. So I feel like yeah. it does happen no matter if it's a gay, straight, black, white, whatever thing. So I don't know if that really plays into any of that decision. So staying on this gay topic, I was reading on uh, the news that <laughs> the village people who mm-hmm. sung YMCA and all that, it's like, you know, their songs are always played in like rallies or big crowd events yeah. just because it's like your traditional, oh, I know this song is kind of mm-hmm. campy. It's kind of fun. Well, I guess Trump was playing Macho Man. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> at one of his rallies as recent as Saturday, September 12th. But it was a rally in Nevada. There's pictures from it, and it's just about 5,000 people who attended in MAGA hats and MAGA shirts and Trump-supporting things, and none of them with masks. And there was no social distancing practices. Oh, the law in Nevada right now is that gatherings more than 50 are banned. Mm-hmm. So this clearly could not have happened, but the president yeah. doesn't give a fuck about shit. Yeah. So this was happening, but the village people came out and said that they were not happy (laughs) about them using their songs. And Willis, who is the lead singer, and the rest of the village people joined a growing list of popular musicians who have objected to the Trump campaign using their songs at their Mm -hmm. rallies. Because I don't think they want Trump matched with their music, which makes complete sense. But it's just the irony because Trump has done so many things against the LGBTQ IA plus community mm-hmm. like banning transgenders from the military yet you want to like play yeah. music like that at your rally so it just really is weird and it's funny because I know those motherfuckers are like macho macho you know like singing <laughs> yeah. along yet they hate gay people so I don't understand I just like two points on this the first is I don't understand how like in terms of um, the presidential elections being as big as they are and like as viewed as they are um, even down to these rallies, I don't understand how there's not a necessity for licensing to use these, this music. Like there might be, there might be. I mean, a lot of artists. I believe it was Tom Petty's family came out because Trump tried tried to use Tom Petty's music, who has since passed. But like his family, I think came out and was like, "We don't want you using that music," and so he had to stop. But I don't know. Like, could they sue him for using it? Like, I don't think so. Here's the thing with that. If you buy the song, you own the song to listen. I I believe to listen. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're way- not you're not making money off of the song, like playing it at a concert or like something where you're like people have to pay to go to. But what so I rally mean- is free, so it's not like they're getting money off of like them playing the song. But what's the difference between that and all of the the music that's been getting taken down on social media when people are like, I don't own the rights to this music, and they're still like, you've used too much of this person's music. And they take the post down. Well, yeah, that's I mean, that's true. all free viewership as well. Yeah. So well, I, I yeah. just mean, like, in terms of licensing, I don't know how, like, there's not this, like, necessity or legality behind it. Maybe there is. I, mm-hmm. I just don't know about that. But the other thing I'll say on this is, like, I'm so sick of this, like, pre-election bullshit. We're under 50 days now, and I cannot wait to vote because I can't wait for this election to be over. <laughs> and just, like, figure out our next steps after the election. We say that, but I really think that the end of this election is going to create way more political unrest. Uh, but I'd rather just get there than like be in this boiling pot situation of just like building up to it. Like, yeah. again, like I said last week, I don't know how people on the fence still exist at this point. Either you support him or you don't. Yeah. Um, I think I think should be sort of like standard at three and a half years in. But I, I just wish we could vote. And some states are starting in the next couple of weeks with mail-in voting, which, by the way, did you see that mail-in vote packet that's being sent out? No. So there's this um, Instagram post of a girl who got a mail her mail-in ballot 
and it is all Trump propaganda. And the ballot is folded up in this huge booklet of like promoting Trump, which like I don't understand again the legality behind that. Like, how can you promote yourself on? Because like, ballot, if, yeah, because yeah, like if you go in person to vote, there's no um like picketing vote or for like, Bri- uh, right. vote for Trump, vote for Biden. That's like yeah. illegal to do. Yeah. So I don't know how you can send on send out mail in votes on. And she was like, I almost threw it away because I thought it was just like pre election like vote for him kind mm-hmm. of thing. She's like, it wasn't until I opened it completely. And it was like a multi-fold kind of situation. And she's like, and here was my mail-in ballot. So she's like, just be on the lookout because if you get something like this, don't throw away your ballot kind of yeah. thing. I, I, I feel like once we do vote, I worry that things are just going to go haywire. Like whether Trump gets reelected or whether Biden gets reelected, either side is going to be like throwing bows. Like mm-hmm. I really believe, like at least I feel like, and this is weird. And I'm like, it it saddens me to say, but I feel like if Trump gets reelected, there's going to be a lot of um, angry people, but I don't feel like it's going to get violently Mm. angry. Like, I feel like the only violence will be like outspoken and then the situation arises and then all of a sudden, like, there might be some violent like outbreaks, you know, because people are so passionately volatile when it comes to Trump. Yeah. But... I feel like for some reason, if like Biden gets chosen, I feel like people are going to go out into the streets with guns and start in like, like yes, yeah. like really doing some crazy ass shit. I don't know. I hope neither happens, but uh, this is America. So mm-hmm. I would not be surprised at this point because we have a pandemic. We have wildfires. Yeah. <laughs> we have so many stupid ass shit. You know, it's funny when everyone's like, damn, 2020 is really fucking shit up. I'm like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Murder hornets. We forgot about those. I actually was in the park the other day running and I was stretching afterwards and there was this giant looking hornet and I hadn't seen a a murder hornet, but I was like, this is it. They've made their way down to Long Beach. (laughs) Probably. Staying on uh, gay news. This is all gay news because gay podcast. So here we are. An ex-Tallahassee mayor, Andres Gillum, who ran for Florida governor back in 2018, finally came out as bisexual. Yes. But this is news to us because I guess prior to this, when he was a mayor, he had like leaked photos of him at a party or something and he wasn't out and someone leaked these photos of him doing something. I don't even know. This is like such a bad report of it, but it wasn't part of the story that I wanted to say. But long story short, he was outed and he finally came forward to say that he was bisexual. And I wanted to bring this up because how do you feel about forcing people to come out? This was um, for a little more like background story from what I remember or recall about it. There was an overdose with a male escort at a hotel Mm -hmm. that he was in the room with. Mm -hmm. And the male escort had overdosed. On, on drugs I, crystal, like, meth. Yeah, crystal, crystal meth, meth. Yeah, yeah yeah it's i i don't ever agree with like forcing somebody to come out like i am so thankful that i came out like in the way that i did and on my own time and when i was ready i think there was a point where i could have used a little push not like force me out in an uncomfortable way but I just, I let it drag on so long. Mm -hmm. And I think that did a lot of like internal stuff to Mm -hmm. me, but I would never have wanted somebody to do it for me. Mm -hmm. I wish I had somebody kind of guiding me. I think that's what I'm looking for. I wish I I had that like guidance, but in this case, like I think he sort of outed himself Yeah. in, in being caught with this like male escort. And like, I'm sorry this happened this way. He is married to a woman and she's sticking by him through all of this. And so like, that's great that she's like supporting him. And I think it, it, opens this dialogue for more people to talk about bisexuality because I think even in the gay community we like to oust those people as like just pick one Mm -hmm. you know or Um, or you're like on a journey of becoming gay exactly yeah I don't think it's okay to ever out somebody but in this case I just think he kind of outed himself and now at least it opens the the discussion right yeah instead of just reading stories that other people are writing about him oddly enough well I guess not oddly but recently a few people have come out to me hmm, that's um, good. and just me like I've had a couple conversations and they were like, no one knows, but I feel like I'm always that person for people, which is weird. Mm. Um, and I always ask you, I'm like, why do you guys feel comfortable telling me everything? <laughs> and yeah. I think it's because they're just like, well, you don't give a shit about anything. And I'm like, that's <laughs> true. I really don't give a fuck about anything. But I just bring this up because it's kind of sad. Like, both people, when they told me, like, having come out and been out for so many years, I forget that 
that internal it's still a struggle. Yes, yeah, that yeah. that struggle. Not that I forget. I know it's there because I've had that similar storyline. But it's just, I guess, um, so foreign to me now that it's mm. a surprise that that yeah. still happens. And I think because when you come out. At first, it's very difficult because there's all this like internalized trauma, like stories, literal stories you tell yourself about, oh my God, if I come out, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And some of it does come true, Mm -hmm. but then you realize like you have such a strong support system around you and the people who want to stay will stay. And the life that your life turns into is so much more positive, especially Mm -hmm. coming from somewhere where I was like, oh my God, my family's going to disown me, which they did. But even with that said, I don't regret coming out, nor do Mm -hmm. I regret ever making a decision from that point forward. And I feel like I can honestly say like I've the authenticity that I feel every day waking up being myself is so much more rewarding than that like depressive mindset of what we had to endure every day of living a lie realistically. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's so much better. And I only say this cause like, uh, you know, like people are like, what does it feel like to come out? Think about if you like cheated and you were with your significant other every day and you had to keep that a secret, like, mm-hmm. that's what it feels like being gay. <laughs> Where there's, like, you know you're probably not being honest with a lot of the people around you. You're hurting people by doing that, especially yourself. And then when yeah. you finally are honest, yes, it sucks because you don't know if you're going to be in that relationship or not. But then at the end of it, you realize, like, you know what? I probably shouldn't have been in that relationship if I was cheating on that person yeah. or whatever the case is. And you're cheating on yourself when you don't come out. Mm-hmm. And... Just like this story, I don't think anyone needs to force you to come out nor has the right has the right to force you to come out or even yourself. You don't need to force yourself to come out. But once you get the courage to be honest with yourself, you feel like you can take on the world because realistically, there's nothing anyone can say that really hurts your feelings. Because at, at that point, if someone like you fucking faggot, you're like, yeah, I'm a faggot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you nasty cocksucker. I wouldn't say nasty, but I am a cocksucker. <laughs> I can get nasty. Yeah, I can get nasty, bitch. You want me to spit on it? I'll deep throat that thing. Okay. The little dangle thing. <laughs> but yeah, I just like hearing these stories recently. I was like, ugh. It pained me not because I like felt sorry for them because I think they're doing fine. But it pained me in the sense that like I just wish society just didn't give a fuck. Right? Yep. Like if this guy wanted to have sex with a man and still be married. It's not your relationship. Who gives a fuck? Well, and that's the thing. I think there's this argument that it's like not anybody's business that he is bisexual versus just being this like assumed straight heterosexual man. But with that being said, like it's hard to argue that because his relationship with his wife is public knowledge and it's not our our business in terms of like what goes on within their marriage like you just said. Just him coming out as openly bisexual, whatever that means in the realm of their marriage... I think it's just important in that it it broadens the visibility and it normalizes those titles Mm -hmm. versus being like so hidden and concealed about it. And that's what sort of like intensifies those rumors and those secrets Mm -hmm. and people coming out in the future is the idea that like it is this secretive topic. And it's like, no, why can't he just be a bisexual man who's married to a woman? And that's that on that. Like we don't have to know any more than that, but I just think it gives like voice to a cause kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I don't think anything past that is. You know what I think is gay is being a straight person so invested on someone else's sex life mm-hmm. that you condone as <laughs> problematic. That's some gay ass shit. I know. Lastly, for the gay topics, this is according to NBC News, but I guess there were some riots and rallies in not riots, but rallies and protests in the Philippines because back in 2014, Joseph Scott. Pemberton was convicted of killing Jennifer Laud after they went back to a hotel room. Mind you, Joseph is a U.S. Marine. Okay. He took her back to a hotel. And later after they got to the hotel, he found out it's a transgender woman. Mm. And he got upset and then started strangling her. Oh, my God. And then according to the documents, he left the room and he was saying that she was still alive. But then... In actuality, he, like, killed her and was, like, strangled on in the bathroom. He got convicted for 10 years in prison back in 2014, but then just got pardoned by the president of the Philippines about five and a half, six years. So, like, a little over half his sentence. So, a lot of people in the Philippines were, like, protesting, saying that's not fair. Um, It kind of just shows that, like, you know, transgender lives don't matter, Mm -hmm. this and that. And it kind of, like... Ruins ties with the U.S. because there's a big U.S. presence in the Philippines, mm. and it makes sense why it would. But what do you what What are your thoughts on that? Well, it goes back to you talking about 
men who are so obsessed on like the sex life of another man kind of thing. What is it in you that is like so pent up with anger that you would kill somebody for not disclosing that information? I can understand maybe like frustration that that conversation wasn't had prior to like being back in a room together intimately. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. I just, I don't know how it escalates to the, to the point of like strangulation when like it it wasn't something that was like life-threatening yeah you know like she didn't pull a gun on him she didn't like there's no trickery here it's just that's a conversation like i don't know what went down in the hotel room i don't know that we'll ever know what really went down in the hotel room there could be the theory that like they actually did have sex and then he strangled out of like embarrassment you know whatever it is or however that situation played out it's just like i don't understand how you go from zero to death right like i i I just don't I feel like you go from zero to death because of toxic mac- toxic, oh, oh. <laughs> toxic masculinity and the idea of shame, honestly. Mm-hmm. This is just my take on it. I don't know if this is the case for him because I did not read a statement based off of why he felt compelled to do that. Yeah. But again, like you said, in my head, as a completely you know, centered, confident person, mm-hmm. if I walked into a sexual situation thinking one thing and then found out it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, I would just walk out and that would be a story to tell. I'd be like, oh my God, I was hooking up with this girl and it ended up, to me, it's still a girl, right? But in yeah. his words, he'd be like, it ended up being a boy. I, I, can you believe that? Blah, blah, blah. But I think, like you said, maybe something more happened to where he felt yeah. embarrassed and then didn't want people to know that that mm-hmm. happened. And plan B was to kill a bitch, which makes no sense because that should be plan never. Mm -hmm. The only reason I even brought up the theory that like maybe something more happened is like, I mean, it it can't just be that like she told him. Right. And he was like, oh my God. And like strangled her. Like, you know, the idea that like she could have told somebody about something that happened between them. That well, would, that's like, my what you're saying, too. Yeah, like they, name. they were like making out and then like yeah. something happened. And then, wh- but whatever the case, like, again, like what's coming out, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Like literally who gives a shit? Oh, you're going to get picked on by your friends mm-hmm. that said you slept with a man. When again, I'm not, those are not my words. I don't think she's a right, man, right. but like that's some stupid shit. They would say, oh, you slept with an X, Y, and mm-hmm. Z. Who gives a shit? Right. Like, oh, I know. Yeah. Okay, and then what? Oh, that's disgusting, if that's what they say. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then what? Right. Like, it literally does not affect you. Yeah. It affects you in the sense that if you let it, because you care about what they have to say, but who gives a shit? I, know. Yeah. I, I just don't understand thought like that, because I, I literally try to put myself in situations like that, where I'm like, okay, but see, like, even saying that, like, I don't think I'm invested in other people's thought about me, mm-hmm. for me to even care if they do or do not want me to do something. Yeah. Like, if, 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 you were a close friend and I asked you for advice and you thought I was doing something wrong, I would take that into account because I think that mutual understanding of that relationship, you would know that I, or I would know that you have my best interest in mind and that's where your judgment is coming from. If it disagrees with what I think is right. Mm -hmm. But if it was like a complete stranger and they were just like, Oh, you faggot or you slept with this or did it. I'd be like, who are you? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I don't think I would ever feel so compelled to get upset. And Mm -hmm. if I did, I wouldn't take it out on them. And that's the point. Their words don't, their words don't affect me. Like I wouldn't take it on them. I'd be like, okay, why does that make me upset? I would take it inwardly. But then again, maybe that's just me being more emotional intelligent. I'm not saying that this guy is emotionally intelligent, but from the facts of the story, it seems like he's not that in touch with what he actually wants in life. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least in 2014, maybe he's come a long way. I don't know, but (sighs) I think it's crazy that he got out that early. I mean, I, I don't think it's like crazy unbelievable. I just think it's crazy that he got out that early. And for, I'm happy there's protests. I agree. For people like defending her her name or or what she represents in, right. in terms of like the trans movement. I'm not condoning the use of this word, but where is it that like, quote unquote, lady boys are known? Thailand. Oh, it's Thailand. Okay. Yeah. All right. Never mind. Reading this story, again, I don't know why he got pardoned by the president. I don't know if it was a political move or not. Mm. But they they did say that he was very remorseful when in like in prison, he like really it kind of did one on him mentally. Mm. And he again, this could have been like a young airman or young soldier and then freaked out like we were saying earlier with Jerry, like the 19 year old mindset or whatever. I don't know how old this guy was when it happened. And then as you get older, you're like, wow, that was fucking stupid of me because Mm -hmm. men are fucking dumb. And when men are horny, they do some dumb shit. Right. They said that in prison, he was like a model inmate Mm -hmm. where like he didn't entice any violence. He didn't incite any more like criminal energy. And that could have been 
it because I know a lot of people yeah. get out of jail for like good behavior. Um, which ideally is like what we were saying in the last episode, the idea of jail is like a re- rehabilitation center and practice. Yeah. That's not what happens, but that's the idea. So if you feel like this person authentically is changing and realizing that like they're remorseful and they did what they did, you can like argue that they like serve their time as far as what they needed to. Sure. But then again, it's like, no, that's your consequence. You should live out the rest of that. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not trying to vouch for this person because yeah. I agree. I don't understand why someone would ever feel the need to kill another person. I know. Man, I just don't get it. I, yeah, there's just so many thoughts because like it all comes from your mental state of like how how you value who what your image is. And his image probably is like, I'm a macho man. Mm-hmm. And what I just partaked in or what he partaked in completely is the antithesis of that, which made you freak out, made him freak out to kill someone. I just Mm -hmm. would never. I know. I don't understand. Like not only going from zero to death, like in that situation, but getting to death ever, Ever. like to the idea of like killings. I, I don't. I've, I've been in situations where I felt really stupid and I'm like, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. Or fuck, I really feel yeah. like horrible. But I feel like that that comes out more, like when I'm in those situations, that comes back to me, not the person I did well, it Well, that's with. what I was going to say, oh. is that I've been in those situations where I've like caught myself freaking out. Mm-hmm. But again, that's like me being like, okay, what what did I do? <laughs> not like totally. I this person put me in this situation. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Fuck, why did I put myself in this situation? Yeah. I, I don't know. This well, world is fucked up. In terms of um, freaking out, what are the names of the people who came out to you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Simple things that interfere A day, a week, a month, a year We bring it up for a reason Simply put the sins in season You can go first. Okay, um, mine was something that I watched two nights ago that my cousins were talking about. And I was like, I'm not watching anything. I was just going to watch like reruns of Grace. So I was like, mm-hmm. let me watch something that's new and that like can educate me. The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Uh, like I was almost going to tell you, let's not record until you watch it so that we can talk about it as like a whole subject matter. Not that like anything is groundbreaking in terms of like the realities of the situation of like social media, if you will, or any social platform. Is this a scripted show? It's documentary. It's a documentary. Okay. And it's it's basically um, testimonies from top like execs, CEOs, presidents, past of um, like Twitter, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, like all those like main platforms. Um, even uh, Pinterest was on there. Mm. And like the the sort of like dark subject matter behind what's being done like without our knowledge in terms of like information and how information is filtered to us it basically uh, i don't know when they finished filming this but it leads perfectly into where we find ourselves right now politically as a country the way and and like the one point i'll make to sort of like give an example of what i mean by that is like you and i might have like opposing views like you might always go to your your web browser to visit like fox news and i might always go visit cnn when we both go to google to search climate change we might both type in climate change and assumingly google would send us like the same information information. but what's happening is i would search climate change and it would come up with like effects examples of in 2020 like all these sort of like scientific or um, uh, quote unquote liberal leaning. Well, it, you're saying that mindsets. it just supports what you're thinking. Yes. Based yeah. on like what you've searched before and yours would come up like fake news, like right. this and that. Right. And so the reason that we find ourselves at such a political divide is because information is being filtered. So what they said, and this sort of like brings us back to all the conversations we've had already on this podcast about where we are as a country, but also a world is like the reason that I sit here and I'm like, I just don't understand how they think that way. It's the same reason they say the same thing about me. And it's because we're just being fed the news that like on that, like our, our internet assumes we want to see. Mm -hmm. But I, I just think it's like so unbelievably relevant to everything we're going through. And they're basically saying like the world as we know it is collapsing 
not solely in part because of social media, but it plays such a huge role. And unless we start changing that, which is going to be difficult with like laws and things like that, but in changing, the, unless we change it, it's it's just going to continue down the path that we're on. Well, I have a few thoughts on that. I feel like that's common sense. Um, it is, but what I think is like so great about this this documentary is that it explains sort of like how it works because I think we all know like we're seeing biased pieces but I don't I didn't understand like what how that was being introduced into like my web pages I mean I still I feel like that's common sense because like when you talk about a certain advertisement or something it comes up on your like all your sidebars like if I were to be like Nike shoes I like I need to look for Nike shoes all of a sudden all these Nike shoes will pop up so I'm like yeah, there's that algorithm of like what you're searching. To me, that makes sense. Not saying it's right. I, like it's a little bit annoying, mm-hmm. but I also feel like that's why I stay off social media. Not solely for this, but I also feel like it's very divisive in that sense. Um, and like Instagram, like a lot of news pops up on there, but I started realizing quickly that it was the same stories over and over mm-hmm. of like the same viewpoints, the same topics. And I try to like, balance my ideas on anything that comes up like even the stuff we talked about today like I like with Jerry right like I understand why people are feeling a certain type of way but I also look at it on the other end and maybe that's just me coming from like that rhetorical mind where I'm like okay what is that message behind it and like what what how is it being spun I feel like that's common sense but maybe because I do it it's common to me but just not well, common no, I for mean, someone else but the bigger idea is like I could get my daily news updates from CNN, which I do. And I can still at the end of the day, go to Fox news and like, look up these opposing views. But like what's being presented here is the idea that both of these news outlets are not fact checking based in fact anymore. It's all like, it's more like opinion based. Yeah. And that makes sense. Right. So even when you read these, they're right. not fact. It's so just what like, I'm oh, saying is like this person as, talked about Trump in as this humans. Way. Like, where do we go for facts now? Where do the facts lie? Like, how do we find out, the truth behind that soldier in the Philippines, if all of these news outlets are reporting based in their own personal opinion or like leaning ways, like where do you and I go to find factual hard evidence? I think of, you like, can stories? still find that. But I think what happens is, especially in a capitalist society like America, most of these news places get paid by clicks and traffic on their site right and when they have more traffic more advertisers will pay to have their advertisements on their site which is why like youtube when it first started would only play uploaded videos but now there's like freaking advertisements every three minutes in a youtube clip or when you read buzzfeed as you're scrolling through there's like all these advertisements even when you read cnn every like three paragraphs there's an advertisement for something Mm -hmm. so these websites have to keep their viewers on their page to get more traffic, which is why something like Fox News would cater towards a certain clientele because they know these people are going to stay on my page. Because if everyone, based on opinion piece, wrote the same factual evidence, then anyone could go to USA Today, New York Times, LA. But because people like the way it's written in an opinion-based, slanted way, that's why they're going back to it. So it makes sense to me because just like news, it's more of like an advertisement on public knowledge that's why i'm like you need to look at both sides of the the coin i understand what you're saying but what i'm telling you is like this shows both sides of the coin are not giving you facts anymore which i know that's what i'm saying that's the whole point of like why it's annoying to read news now is that it's not factual but i feel like as a intellectual adult you should know when it's not fact and when it's actual news because even when like the coronavirus thing when they're like, oh my God, we have so many new cases. I wasn't like, oh, we have new cases. It's spreading like wildfire. Let's go into hysterics. I'm like, well, we are testing more. So with more testing, you get more positives. Mm-hmm. So there's more more in that sense. But then that means that X, Y, and Z. So as me, I would just look at it and like, okay, this is where it is, blah, blah, before I make an opinion. But I feel like what people do is read a headline, look at the main thing of what is supposed to be said, and then they go into hysterics. But I'm like, that's your responsibility as Mm. a person that is consuming this resource. Mm -hmm. Just like as if you were to eat a certain food and they're like, oh, it's healthy. Just because it says it's healthy, it's not. Like those cookies, those protein cookies, those things are worse than two donuts Mm -hmm. at Krispy Kreme. But people see 
19 grams of protein to like, oh, it's a healthy cookie mm-hmm. or like impossible meat when they're like, oh, it's better because it's vegan. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the nutritional value and it's just as bad as a regular beef burger, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's your responsibility as a consumer to do that. But it's the the product developer and advertisements win when they their their goal is to have you buy the product. Just like news sources, are their goal is to like have you digest their news. So yeah. Sometimes it might be unethical, but they are going to package it in a way that is the most easily taken so that people are like, oh, that's interesting to me, so I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. But that's like our responsibility as consumers to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I get what you're saying. The documented completely makes sense. But like, I feel like the only people who are at fault are the ones who are consuming it, right? Because like, you don't need to be on social media. I know, but like, I should be able to rely on a thing like Google to give me information but that Google, isn't like leaning But Google's not like a a website for it to, like yes a lot of people use Google but that's like Netflix like you telling Netflix well Netflix you need to have content for everyone it's like no they don't I mean if they want to have a bigger reach to get more customers yes they need to have content for everyone right like if they just showed like white love stories but you're more into like action then of course mm-hmm. they're only going to get a certain clientele, but they're like, well, there's a market for action base or superheroes or this or that. So they widen that, but it's not Google's responsibility. I think to make sure that you're getting everything you need. Cause realistically Google is a profitable company. So if they want to decide how they want to make profit, that's, that's their responsibility, not responsibility, but that's their game. And if it, if it becomes unethical in your mind, then don't use Google. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you but shouldn't think... watch it, but I think everybody listening <laughs> should watch it. Because I think, like, if you're, if you're, that's the thing. I was like, I feel like because things are so accessible, that it's now everyone's right to have it. When I'm like, no, that's not the case. It's like the same argument as like flying. When people are like, I don't need to wear a mask when I'm flying. It's like, yes, this this service is for everyone, but that doesn't mean you get to choose how you want to do it. There's still rules and regulations. So it's the same thing with Google. Like. Yes, Google is for everyone, but if you don't like the way they decide to do it, then you don't participate in it, mm-hmm. which sucks because obviously Google is used for so many different things as a uh, as a means of like uh, ease and access to like search all these knowledgeable things. But if, mm-hmm. if it starts becoming a problem, then change directions. But I feel like this and this argument, and that was point two, and I'll just make this quick because I know this is going a little bit long, but with how people feel about social media and the 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 rise of social media and all that stuff and people are like oh it's going to ruin the world it was the same thing when tv first came out right there was no rules on how tv could be regulated how um television communication how news should be regulated but then as it evolves you make rules just like before there were cars there were no rules of the road right but well, then they... you make laws and rules and i think that's just part of the process now that they're seeing that social media really does have an impact on yeah. how the u.s and society is so there probably will be that but i well, think it's just a net they talk evolution. about that that exact point in the documentary the issue is like this is evolving so quickly and it takes us so long to write rules and regulations where like newspaper evolved and became what it is and it hasn't really changed it's mm-hmm. still a newspaper and like television is the same and like we regulated the way that like saturday mornings were broadcasted to kids and the right. way that like kids had to be protected in terms of content but like with internet it's it's taking all of this background knowledge where even if you have youtube for kids which they do it's still like creating this behavior behavior based on like content that it's feeding kids and and sort of like all the inner workings of it where like the government a doesn't understand it but b by the time they were to do anything about it it would have already evolved into something else so that's sort of like the struggle is there's this idea that these platforms are like oh well we'll we'll regulate it for like the next presidential election and it's like you can't like it's already so far ahead right. of you that like it's going to be hard to get get in front of it again right but yeah no it makes that. sense well, with all that said, my end season this week is my Apple Watch. <laughs> mm. I okay, I'm not a big Apple consumer. I do have like a lot of Apple products. The only Apple product I personally have bought has been an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And I wish I didn't have an iPhone, but because iPhone and Apple so good at once you have it, it's just easier to keep switching over to it mm-hmm. um, than switching over to Android because I did have Android for a bit, but you just get used to like the user interface, especially when it becomes interconnected with iMessage and FaceTime and all that stuff. I got AirPods as a gift. I got an Apple Watch as a gift. Like all my other, my iPad as a gift, like they were just gifts. But 
Uh, what I like about the Apple Watch is, one, it keeps me off my phone because mm-hmm. I just see a text message and I'm like, okay, I don't need to get my phone out. Because a lot of times you see a text message, open your phone, and then go fucking browse mm-hmm. on other things. Um, but what I like, and this is my thing, is last night I weighed myself and I never base my health off of my weight because if you were to look at my BMI for the amount of muscle I have, it clearly creates a certain weight. Yeah. And I'm 5'9". I think by my BMI, I'm considered overweight <laughs> mm. because of just how heavy I am. Yeah. But again, they don't take muscle into account. I think at 5'9", you're supposed to be like 150 pounds. Really? I Yeah. I fucking weighed myself last night and I'm 182. Mm. I've never weighed this heavy in my life, but I'm okay with it. I am, I am letting myself go a little bit because of quarantine. Um, but I have been tracking my calories with my Apple Watch. Um, to close those rings and as simple and stupid as that is, I find enjoyment that I actually felt successfully active closing my rings. So my in season this week is literally just my Apple Watch, more more explicitly, the rings. Mm. <laughs> um, but what's really frustrating is like I'll do a workout for like an hour, burn like 600 calories, and then I the other day was at Panera and I was like, maybe I should get a cookie. One cookie was 500 calories. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's like 50 minutes of a workout. Yeah. Um, so I don't like that, but seeing it, I was like, oh, and it makes me feel like working out is a little bit easier. Cause I'm like, this wasn't that bad. And mm. you know, I think I burn way more when I'm working Disney, which is why I didn't have to worry about weight. Cause yeah. like one show, I bet you, I burn like close to 300 calories and we do three, sh- five shows a day. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm burning a lot of calories doing that show, but because yeah. I'm not doing that, it's like, there goes most of my workout. But long mm-hmm. story short, the rings on the Apple watch are my in season this, this week. Cool. Was there anything else you wanted to add? No. Well, as always, you guys, thank you so much for listening. If you've liked this episode or any previous episode on this podcast, the biggest gift you can do for us is um, share, write, subscribe, rate, listen, all of the above. Um, Moving forward, if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Fruit Snacks Pod. And if you want to reach us through our email, you can email us at Fruit Snacks Pod at gmail.com. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you next week on Fruit Snacks. Goodbye. Bye.